Hello and welcome to the Feeling Good Podcast. I am your host, Fabrice Nye, and joining me here in the Murrieta Studios is Dr. David Burns. Hi, David. Hi, Fabrice. Dr. David Burns has been a pioneer in the development of cognitive therapy, and he is the creator of the new team therapy. He is the author of Feeling Good, which has sold over 5 million copies in the United States and has been translated into over 20 languages. He is an emeritus adjunct clinical professor of psychiatry at the Stanford University School of Medicine. Welcome to episode 119 of the Feeling Good podcast for part two of Self-Defeating Beliefs. Last week, David, you read an email from uh, one of our listeners that pretty much laid out what uh, we want to talk about today. We've talked about the self-defeating beliefs and what they are. Now the question is, what do we do about it? Do you think you could maybe read that, uh, that email again? Well, it was Rajesh, and Rajesh has uh, often sent really good uh, yeah, questions. Yeah, no, Rajesh is a, is a treasure trove of uh, really good questions. And he, he uh, asked four questions. N- number one, is it possible to change a self-defeating belief, like perfectionism or achievement addiction or love addiction or, or whatever it happens to be? Um, number two, does the mere knowledge of a self-defeating belief change it? That would be the kind of psychoanalytic idea that insight might be the most important factor in change. Number three, how long does it take to change a self-defeating belief? And number four, how do you change a self-defeating belief? Well, let's, let's take them one at a time. Well, there's there's a lot of techniques. In fact, to make it even simpler than what we were talking about, uh, let, let's let's assume that you've been working with somebody with their daily mood log, and they have ne- negative thoughts on the daily mood log. We did a downward arrow technique and and came up with uh, the you know perfectionism and achievement addiction. The, the, these are some beliefs that I think most of the listeners. Uh, to this podcast can identify with. Again, the achievement addiction is to, to feel truly happy and fulfilled, I, I must achieve, or, or my worthwhileness as a human being depends on my, my achievements. And, or, and I would say that uh, often in a mood journal, this is not how it will be written out. People will write it in the negative instead of saying, you know, I, I must achieve in order to be worthwhile they will write something like, I have not achieved enough or I'm not worthwhile enough. Yeah, or I'm a failure because I failed at X or right. I'm, a, yeah. I'm a loser because I've never accomplished anything great in life. And then you do the downward arrow technique that we've illustrated in previous podcasts and, and would come up with the self-defeating beliefs. And on the list, we probably see perfectionism, perceived perfectionism, achievement addiction, approval addiction, you know, a whole, a whole batch of them. But let's say that it, uh, you know, the person wants to work on, on perfectionism and achievement addiction. They're often lumped t- together. The perfectionism is, you know, nothing's worth doing unless I do it perfectly and I can't be happy and, and, unless I'm, I'm perfect and, you know, anything less than a home run is, isn't good enough. And so the first technique I always do is the cost-benefit analysis. And, and you can do this if you're listening to the show right now, and I'm going to do it myself. And you can do it if you have a piece of paper there and draw a line down the middle from top to bottom and then label the left-hand column advantages, ADV, and the right-hand column disadvantages. And let's start out by seeing how many advantages we can list for being perfectionistic and basing your self-esteem on your achievements. We can also, on the left-hand column, throw in what is your perfectionism and achievement addiction show about you that's, that's positive and awesome. So let's look at the, the, the positive side of, this, so, of these so-called self-defeating beliefs. What, what are some benefits, uh, Fabrice? Well, you know, if, uh, if you like to do things perfectly, it's kind of like satisfaction that you obtained from, you know, really doing something well. Okay, so we'll put that number one. You'll feel really great. You'll have satisfaction when, when, when you succeed, and, and that's, that's absolutely uh, true. W- okay. What are some other advantages? 
Um, well, um, you know, that could uh, give you some uh, advantages over others. You know, you, maybe you'll get a promotion or you'll get a raise or you'll get a better job. Yeah, it'll, it'll motivate you to work hard and that will lead to promotions, increase income, uh, a better, better job. And so that's definitely a, an advantage of these belief systems. In fact, these belief systems are at the foundation of Western civilization, the Calvinist work ethic. Uh, you yes. are what you do, and if you do great things, you're a great human being, and if you do very little, you're, you're a bad human being. You know, which reminds me, I was thinking as you were listing uh, the self-defeating beliefs last time, um, I wonder if they're cultural uh, where you know, if you go to a different culture, you might have a different set. Maybe there will be some overlap, but uh, maybe you'll find some that uh, you don't tend to find in the Western society. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that's true, and that would be that would be fascinating too to see what what some of the the beliefs of of, of certain cultures are that would be you know radically d different from from our own. Even superstitions. I, I, I don't know. Want to get too far from the from the topic here, but some cultures have certain superstitions. A, a colleague from our uh, team therapy training just went to Ethiopia and they translated some of my uh, brief depression test and things for, for the people into the, the native language the, 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 so, so they'd have some assessment and instruments. But one of the things there is uh, they'll, they kill children if they get some idea that they've been had a spell placed on them, uh, and and so she was with a a group that rescues these children that the the villagers have decided to to kill, and they had rescued about fifty children. But anyway, that's probably on a little different topic. But it shows the power of, of beliefs that just what you said they can have powerful cultural effects. Uh, and people get to believe in things sometimes that aren't aren't true. What are some more benefits of, of being perfectionistic and, and having a, the achievement addiction, basing your self-esteem on your achievements? Um, you know, um, probably recognition for your work. Well, that's a good thing. You'll, you'll get recognition and, and, and admiration because uh, people admire people who work hard and, and you know, we're working their fingers to the bone. Uh, uh, another benefit might be uh, it, it will motivate you to, 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 work, to work really hard, and, and it will show that you have high standards. Um, another thing it can show, another benefit is, is it can show that you feel that you're one cut above, that, that you're in a special superior class because uh, we we wouldn't ask an average person to, to be perfect uh, we, we would uh, uh, I, I'm getting a little distracted now memories <laughs> you're you're wandering around your house yeah, yeah I'm sorry because uh, like I said to you I was in the kitchen and uh, uh, Victoria is about to do some cooking, so I need to migrate to the living room. Oh, okay. We can just cut out this little hiatus. I, I, I will cut this out, yes. Yeah, I'll, I'll start again on the one cut above as soon as, as, soon as you're ready. Yeah, okay, I'm ready. Oh, yeah. Um, and then another, another advantage is if you're saying, I, I should be perfect, it kind of projects the idea that you're better than other people because... People who are perfectionists don't generally expect others to be perfect, although that, that can happen and create another type of problem. But generally, they have one set of standards for themselves and another set of standards for the, the rest of the human race. And what they're really saying is, I'm better than other people because I can hope for perfection, whereas other people are just kind of average. And and so they, 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 they shouldn't be shooting for perfection because because they're, they're never going to get there. Another th thing about uh, the advantage of perfectionism and achievement addiction is like uh, uh, Edison uh, or, or uh, Einstein. 
you know, reaching for the stars and really uh, achieving something. Edison, with his, with his light bulb, would not give up uh, until he got it right because he thought he could change the world if, if he got it right. And he worked tirelessly night and day and failure after failure. And then eventually he did get it right and he did, he did change the world. And, and so it, these value systems can, can lead to genius and, uh, and amazing breakthroughs. Uh, you know, we'll get a cure for cancer one, one day from somebody who's probably a workaholic and a, and a perfectionist slaving away in a, in a laboratory. Hey, it has advantages for the rest of us. Yes, a, a, absolutely. We, we want those people to have self-defeating beliefs. Yeah, that's right. And if you've got a surgeon, you want them to be perfectionistic. That's right. You bet, yes. Um, I don't care if they're neurotic as long as they're good. Yeah, that's right. Now, um, sometimes we reach for the stars and end up grasping grasping air. Uh, what, what, what's the downside, uh, Fabrice, of, of perfectionism? And by the way, this is an exercise I hope you're doing while you're listening, and you can do this exercise with, with any self-defeating belief, and this is one concrete thing you can do. Uh, this is step one on, on the journey to change a, a self-defeating belief. What, what, are the, what are the disadvantages? Well, um the main disadvantage that I see is that you cannot reach perfection and you're going to be disappointed every single time. That, that's, that's a beautiful, uh, that's a beautiful and, and correct thing. Uh, I love it. But what are some more? How um, about, go ahead. Well, um, see, you're going to be measuring yourself against, uh, against your uh, results. And you're going to fall short, and that's going to create uh, distress in you. Yeah, distress and disappointment. But another neat thing you just mentioned is is that you're constantly on a treadmill, always having to to prove yourself. You'll you'll never really achieve the feeling of peace and self-esteem because you're only as good as your your latest latest accomplishment. Yeah. And another thing is, is that if, if, if you've got this achievement addiction and perfectionism, you're going to be setting yourself up for a lot of, a lot of depression and anxiety uh, and, 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 and frust frustration. And, 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 and failure will, will, be, uh, will be devastating. Uh, well, another, the other thing is that you're going to be comparing yourself to others. And comparison yeah. is really the source of uh, a lot of despair. Absolutely, absolutely. Feelings of inferiority and envy and insecurity and inadequacy and what if this other person's podcast has more listeners than ours or, or, or whatever comparison you're making and you're, you're, you're you know, all bound up with, with that all the time. And there, there can be health, health problems like high blood pressure. Uh, the, uh, there might be an increased tendency toward uh, a lot of disorders uh, like uh, OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. Uh, there's uh, perfectionism seems to be common with certain e eating d disorders. It, it leads to, uh, you know, ma major depression, uh, a whole slew of anxiety disorders, so, so, so social anxiety. So there's, there's mental health aspects to the thing. Um, what are some more? We've got health, Mood problems, depression, anxiety, OCD, eating disorders, d disappointment, being on a constant treadmill. Well, I, uh, I mean, there's probably quite a few others. I'm wondering if you ever uh, compiled the list of uh, advantages and disadvantages for each of those self-defeating beliefs. I haven't done for all of them. I've done for, for a lot of them. Yeah, because it... Um, I'm sure that some people, because of, you know, when you have it right against your nose, you don't always see uh, what it's doing to you. Um, and so if they had uh, kind of like a multiple choice to choose from, they might uh, realize, oh, my God, this is true. I, I, I've been suffering from this. Well, I think you're onto something there, and uh, we can talk about ways that could be 
could be done and set up after the show. I just yeah. set up some creative ideas in my right. brain right now. Another thing is is that there, there's less joy in, in life because you're always working, working, working. And one of the things that brings joy to my life is we have this new little kitty, Miss Misty, and, and she's learning to, to trust me and learning to trust my wife. And earlier today, she, she crawled up on my lap. I was on bed just eating lunch and watching TV for a lunch break, and she got up on my lap, and she started purring, and I petted her, and she just started squeaking, and she was just so thrilled, and and it was just such a wonderful, wonderful experience, and, you know, but we, we weren't winning anything. We weren't weren't being perfect. We were just kind, kind of hanging out. And, and, you know, I feel like, like life can be kind of a banquet when you break out of these traps that, that you're in. And they're, they're, it's like waking up to all, all the, you know, the, the potential for joy, yeah. which, can be, yeah. which can be tremendous. And, and by the way, what we're doing here is a cost-benefit analysis. And uh, you, you jumped into that after uh, selecting perfectionism as an example of self-defeating belief that we'll be working on. Is that something that you can use for all of the self-defeating beliefs, or is that specific to perfectionism? I'd have to think about that. Uh, you know, it's a good it's a good question. My guess would be it, it's it's really good for uh, for a lot of them, but probably not the way to to eliminate all of the self-defeating beliefs. Uh, others would require different tools, but for the self-esteem equations, it's really good. Like it, this is a great tool for the love addiction to be. To feel happy and fulfilled, I must be loved. Or to feel happy and fulfilled, I need to get everyone's approval. Those lend themselves very well to this to this kind of analysis. Um, yeah. Now, there's more advantages and disadvantages, but just to show you how, how to bring this piece to closure, put two circles at the bottom, like a kind of a barbell with a, a bar with two circles on, on each edge. And then put two numbers in those circles that add up to 100 that will show whether the advantages or, or the disadvantages are, are, are greater. Like the advantages of perfectionism is you'll feel fantastic when you have a big score, a big success. Uh, you'll, you'll get promotions and more income and, you know, you'll have a, a better job. You'll, you'll receive... Uh, admiration and recognition from people, you know, hardworking people, other, others will say, oh, he's, he's worked so hard, he's, he's wonderful. Your high standards will motivate you to work hard, and, and you'll, uh, the, the perfectionism can lead to breakthroughs of genius and amazing developments for the human race, and, and, and if you're perfectionistic, you're also projecting the idea that you're one cut above others, that you're better than than other people, and there's a kind of a narcissistic gratification in that. Um, and then the disadvantages, uh, oh, I just thought of more. Uh, I just had, I'll mention first, you, you, you can't learn from, from criticism or failure because you get so anxious and, and so, 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 so threatened. You might, uh, another downside is maybe you, you can't take, take chances you have to do the careful thing. You can't be creative because of the fear of failure. You might find that there's a lot less joy in your life because you're so heavily focused on just workaholic and always trying to, to be perfect. You'll have a lot of negative emotions, depression, anxiety, frustration, uh, specific emotional disorders, obsessive-compulsive disorder. I had a patient in Philadelphia who was so worried about her floor not being perfectly clean. She had obsessive compulsive disorder that whenever she wasn't at work, she spent every minute scrubbing the floor of her bedroom. She lived w with her with her parents, and she'd just go into her bedroom and clean the floor. And she and all weekend she would do eighteen hours a day just scrub, scrubbing that floor. It was really very very sad and. Eventually, yeah, that's really sad. Yeah, the the floor wore out. They had to have the floor replaced. Then she got got a brand new floor, and then she started scrubbing away at that one uh, again. 
and uh, I, I was on a talk show in Cincinnati, and, and they had a live audience. It was a morning TV show. And it was a great show, and then afterwards, the, the host talked to me, and, 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 he, and he says, will you help me with, with something? I said, oh, absolutely. Uh, and, and he said, after every show, I'll get uh, 300 fan letters. 299 of them will be really wonderful, and I'll have one critical one. And I obsess about the negative one all day long. I beat up on myself and it's as if all those positives don't count. That's another another downside of his perfectionism. Uh, and you're yeah, on a constant. Yeah, I remember you mentioning though. that huh? before. Yeah, I remember you were mentioning that before. Yeah. Yeah, and then you're on a constant tread treadmill. You you never have unconditional self-esteem and if you fail and all of us fail a lot i fail a lot and then that becomes devastating because it's a threat to your identity and then you you pointed out that you'll be comparing yourself to others constantly and feeling like you're not good enough and envious of those who are accomplishing more and there are health hazards so put two numbers down and we can't take a survey from from you because it's not live but um, uh, like if the advantages are greater, it might be 70 in the circle on the left and 80 in the circle for the right-hand column. Or 30, 70, 30 would mean that the advantages of your perfectionism and achievement addiction are, are greater. Can you put any numbers you want? Any number. They have to add up to 100. That's all. Okay. And so uh, if it's 50-50, it means they, they balance out equally. And then if it's like... Uh, 2080 or 4555 means the the disadvantages are greater and i only go on with the patient or with you the listener to the next step of change if the disadvantages are, are greater what would we say fabrice to the patient who says oh the advantages outweigh the disadvantages i like my perfectionism i like like my achievement addiction then we would say, well, I'm, I'm really glad to hear this. Is there something else you'd like my help with? A absolutely. And that's sitting with open hands and not trying to sell our agenda to, 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 to patients. And it's the same thing if it's 50-50. I say, it's going to take a bit of work to turn this around. So if it's just a 50-50, uh, that, that's not enough motivation to change. Maybe we can be working on something else. And, and, and even if it turns out to be, you know, uh, 40, 60, I would say, you know, you may want to find out whether there's still enough motivation in there. A absolutely. But if the disadvantages, disadvantages are strong or strongly uh, outweighing the advantages, and this is true for all of you who are listening, then we can go ahead and, and, and go through a couple more steps here to, to smash this system. Now, Yes, because what, what we just did was essentially to decide, do we really want to change this? Yes. But in and of itself, it hasn't really changed it. You just see, ah, this is something that uh, I want to let go of. Yes. And this differs from my approach from that of Dr. Albert Ellis, although I loved him and learned a lot from him and always praised him and always will praise him. But he... he, he kind of harangue people to, to change these are self irrational beliefs he called them like like they're bad and that puts the patient on on the defensive whereas my point of view and i think your point of view too is that the these are, are mixtures of good and evil there's healthy aspects there's nothing wrong with uh you know wanting to achieve great things or wanting to work on things very hard but there's disadvantages to perfectionism and, and basing yeah. your self-esteem on these things and in, in fact you know we we often talk about you know negatives and positive and good and bad you know it's it's really all all of one block it's it's neutral and then you decide whether it's good or bad based on what you want to to get out of it does yeah. it fulfill your needs or not? Uh, yeah. You know, like when we talk about negative thoughts, that's something that's sometimes I, I have a little bit of a trouble with. A negative thought is not really negative, it's just distorted. 
Good, good, good point. Now, the the second thing uh, is to use the semantic technique if you want to get rid of these or change your belief system. And you, you want to ask yourself, what's the difference between neurotic perfectionism and the healthy pursuit of excellence? Right. Uh, and, and how could I, if I have this belief, uh, I should always try to be perfect or my worth as a human being depends on my achievements. And if, if we want to get rid of that value system, we have to put a new positive, healthy value system in its place so we don't just leave our patients with, with nothing, but, but we're just going to do a little tune-up so, so we can revise the belief so we can keep all of those advantages and get rid of all the disadvantages. Right. And this is an intellectual step. And then after this, we'll go on to emotional step to get change at, at, at the gut level. Now, uh, how could we revise the, one of these beliefs uh, that I should always try to be perfect or my worthwhileness as a human being d depends on my, on my achievements? Well, so you mentioned the, the semantic technique, and uh, we can remind people of what this is. We, we briefly um, touched upon it when you did the 50 ways in 50 minutes. Um, the semantic technique is really taking something that's an absolute and turn, turning that into essentially a preference. Yes, it would be nice to uh, have great success and achievement to create the perfect uh, uh, you know, project to you know, win the marathon. It would be great. And it is not something that is absolutely necessary. So you can you can really turn that into well it would I would prefer to to do better than to do worse. Sure, that's a really nice way to do it. Uh, sometimes I tell myself uh, there's there's nothing like I'm working on my new book, feeling great. Yeah, and what helps me a lot is is I'm not trying to write, you know, the world's greatest book or, or a number one bestseller. Because if I tell myself that, I'll put myself under so much pressure that it will become a horrible experience. I'll be worrying and pushing too hard, and it'll come out turning people off. But I just tell myself it, it, it's great to have this opportunity to share some of the new techniques with people. It's fun, fun to write. And, and I'm pretty sure uh, uh, many people will, will benefit from, from the book. But if it if it sells tremendously, like feeling good, that that's not going to make me any better than anyone else. I won't be a more worthwhile person. And if it's average or maybe even not successful, that won't make me any any less less of a human being. Uh, that that my self esteem here is not at issue. Yeah. See, one thing that I notice when when we use those semantic techniques is that you go from something that's really uh, sketchy and black and white and short, like, you know, I, I need to be perfect in order to be worthwhile, and you nuance it. You, you make it closer to what reality is, because reality is nuanced. It's not black and white. Absolutely. Um, sure. An another way uh, to, to look at it, just very similar to, to, to what you said, um, now I can't remember what I was going to say, but uh, but 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 yes, it, it it's not an, an absolute demand. It it also involve, involves acceptance. Like like sometimes I will fail, and I can learn from from failure. It, it it's okay as a human being to fail. It's okay to fall short. That's how I learn to walk by by failing and stumbling and and and, and fall falling over. Uh, you know, th these kinds of things. And so you just need to come up with a new value system to where, okay, I can still want to achieve. I can still work hard on my, my new book. I can still, you know, feel happy if I can write a great chapter or even a great, an excellent paragraph. I can feel, feel good about it. But uh, I, I don't have to put pressure on myself and make myself miserable over this or, or any other any other accomplishment. And so once you've got 
your revised belief, you've changed it at the intellectual level. You've given yourself something to hang your hat on. And now we need to change it at the emotional uh, level. And uh, a couple of, of techniques here uh, are the experimental technique and, um, and, and the feared fantasy. Actually, any of the 50 techniques, you can put the belief in, in, in the middle of a recovery circle like we've talked about in previous shows, and then you can pick out 10 or 15 or 20 techniques to smash any self-defeating belief, just like you can smash, smash a distorted thought. Um, one other thing that you said earlier, can I just resonate on something you said earlier that it just dawned on me what, what you meant? Yeah, yes, please do. One of the differences between a self-defeating belief and a distorted thought is that the distorted thoughts can be pretty easily proven to be false because they're distortions. The self-defeating belief is more of a stipulation or a value system. Right. Uh, uh, so that, that, that might be what you were trying to say, and it, you're absolutely right. It's like, uh, my, my worth as a human being depends on my achievements. Well, that's neither right nor wrong. It's just a, an arbitrary value system that, 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 that you're setting up, up for yeah, yourself. Yeah, I mean, you could find proof in, in favor, and you can pr find proof uh, up opposing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, what technique should we use next here? I've got experimental technique. I'm trying to remember how I was planning to to use well, that. Well, so yeah. let let let's take the uh, you know the perfectionism being tied to to your worth. Uh, how would you um, use an experiment that shows that no matter how you succeed, your worth has not changed. Um, I'll tell you one experiment that a colleague of mine did with one of his, his patients. Uh -huh. uh, I don't know if it fulfills it entirely, but it was very helpful. This was a national television figure, a well-known personality who was on television every night. But he was very anxious and kind of depressed, even though he had a hit show. And he he had the belief that if if he if he wasn't perfect, that his staff would be kind of looking down on him and, and thinking less of him. So he was not only holding himself to a tremendously high standard; he was pretty narcissistic and barking at other people and shouting orders and scolding people when when they were falling short and. The experiment that he did that proved to be extremely helpful for him was to simply ask his staff, uh, if, if I screwed up or made a mistake, would, would, would you think less of me? What, what, what would you think of me? And he was uh, shocked to learn that, uh, that people were actually saying that they would like him much more and that they would feel much, much closer to him. And that was a really uh, great experiment because it, it touched him, touched him at an, at an emotional level. And I, I've certainly had many experiences of the same type m m myself. That's a good example. It's, it's a specific kind of experiment where you ask people. We, we also call that the survey technique. Absolutely. Then another experiment, I, I was treating a, a, a physician who had incredible achievements, uh, but he was he, he was miserable and depressed because he kept thinking that he wasn't good enough. And his belief was, if I can't do something perfectly, there's no point in, in doing it. It's not worth doing. And I had him uh, use my pleasure predicting sheet uh, that to, to schedule activities, we, we may have mentioned this on a previous show, I'm not sure, but we... To, to schedule activities with the potential for learning, pleasure, personal growth, and then predict how satisfying they were going to be between zero and 100, and then afterwards write down how satisfying they turned out to be between zero and 100, and then finally to, sh to indicate how perfectly did he do this activity. And so he, he did a lot of things like he gave a... a 
a lecture to the freshman medical students at Yale because he was the top speaker at Yale. I'm disguising everything, but uh, and and he you know predicted it was going to be a 99% satisfying, and then it only turned out to be about 10% satisfying. And 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 then he put a note. He he said I I only got a 30 second standing ovation at the end, and I'm thinking. Only 30 seconds, right? Yeah, and I'm thinking, good Lord, I've never, at that time, I, I was thinking, I've, I've never had a standing ovation, and you're complaining because you only got a 30-second one. And I said, why, why was this so disappointing to you? And he said, well, the year before, they gave me a 45-second standing ovation. He times, he always gets standing ovations, so so he times them, so he was all disappointed thinking he was over the hill because they only stood and cheered for, for 30 seconds. And then I told him, do a lot of things you're not used to doing and, and, and do the same experiment. And and so he uh, decided to go on a walk through the woods with, with, with his wife uh, on an average autumn day. And it was 95% rewarding. And, and he said, we, we weren't champion hikers we didn't wasn't special it was just a, a wonderful time and then he he played squash with his 12 year old son and neither of them was a champion squash player but he said it was like a hundred percent enjoyable and then he said he started noticing that all kinds of things brought him great joy and pleasure and, and, and life and it just and a lot of the things that he thought he was doing so perfectly were, were causing more more stress than joy. That that was another experiment that, that helped change a self-defeating belief. And, and the odd thing, he, he said that once he gave up this perfectionism, which he saw wasn't true, he said he actually became more productive because he became more creative and he wasn't pressuring himself all the time to, you know, be, be number one or be the top top person. I had a, a patient with the, the, the love addiction. We've mentioned her in a previous show. She thought she could never be happy if she was alone. She had to be with someone she loved, and she she scheduled activities by herself and activities with others and predicted how satisfying they'd be. And she was shocked to discover that a lot of the things she did by herself when she was alone brought her tremendous joy and pleasure, and many of the things she did with other people were, were not nearly as, as rewarding, and some were disasters. So th this is just another, another tool you, you, you can use uh, to, to, to challenge some of these. So yeah. I, I think that we, we've presented the, the pleasure predicting sheet before. It, it's a nice, structured way to do experiments. I think that uh, it's going to be very useful for perfectionism. Right, and then the um, the pro the kind of ultimate one that you've been wanting to do a role play, and we could do it right now. I don't have we done high school reunion role play. We've been meaning we, to schedule it. We we haven't. I think that this would be worth uh, an entire episode because it's a very useful technique, um, and uh, you know, this is kind of like a a a way to check one's own values. Right, um, right. You can use this to crush any self-defeating belief. Do we have the time to just illustrate it? Then we can go into well, we can explain, you want to defer we, uh, it. We can, well, we can explain how it works because people are going to be curious. Um, so um, would you like to, to describe it? Yeah, yeah. It, it's really a fun, a fun one. You, you ask a patient if they'd be willing to go into an Alice in Wonderland nightmare world where your greatest fear comes true. And let's say the, the person has the belief, my worth as a human being depends on, on my achievements, and that people who achieve great things are somehow superior human beings. And I've had many patients who said, I, I can see it's not to my advantage to base my self-esteem on my achievements, but I really believe it's a fact she said, I've always been average. I wasn't one of the beautiful people in high school. How could I be as good as Bill Gates or Einstein? I, I couldn't have their level of happiness because they are, in fact, more worthwhile human beings. 
And so let, let's go back uh, to, to your high school reunion, Fabrice, although they don't have those in France, but you know, you get go back to the reunion every year. Some people do. And, and let's imagine that you're back at your high school reunion and, 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 and you're going to meet a classmate who has had his picture on the cover of Time magazine, uh, the man of the year, was named the most successful man in the United States for, for, for the past year, someone who's just earned billions and achieved all kinds of incredible things. And then we have a little dialogue with that person. Uh, and, and, and not only has he achieved it, but he also believes what you know the patient, or let's say I play the role of the patient, what I believe, which is, that this makes him more worthwhile. Yeah. So should we just quickly demonstrate that? Yeah. Okay. So, you yeah. want to be the uh, classmate from hell, the huge achiever, or do you want to be uh, Fabrice? Well, I'll be Fabrice because I, I know that uh, you, you mimic the, uh, the high achiever quite well. Okay. All right. Um, so remember now, what we're testing here is this belief that people who achieve things, great things, are superior human beings. And I've just arrived at the reunion in my uh, limousine, and I've got my handlers and bodyguards with me. And uh, there's great excitement because everyone has seen my uh, photo on the, on the cover of Time magazine. And then uh, I say, oh, uh, Fabrice, uh, good, good seeing you. I haven't seen you since high school. Good seeing you, David. Yes, yes. How are you doing? Oh, good, good, good. I'm, I'm, did, did you catch my picture on the cover of Time magazine? As a matter of fact, yes. I mean, how could I not? Um, yeah. you, you've been doing quite well, it sounds like. Yeah, I've been, I've been pretty lucky uh, ever since uh, high school. Everything's kind of turned to gold, you might say. Yeah, well, and, good for you. That's, uh, that's great. That's great. Oh, yes. I have startups. I've made billions. I have patents. Donald Trump calls me every five minutes to get advice. I'm, I'm mm. one of the beautiful people now. And... Uh, I'm very, very important. Is there something I, I want to share with you, Fabrice? Uh, uh, what, what is that? Well, do you remember how you and I have this uh, value system that our worthwhileness as, as human beings depends on our achievements? Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, and I've, and I've heard you're doing kind of a good average job. You're kind of an average shrink, and you have a kind of a is your sidekick on the podcast show and 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 stuff like that but have have you noticed that uh, your your accomplishments are you know like not even one one thousandth of mine you know uh i well actually yes you that's true that's yeah. true i it's, cannot deny it and so what follows big guy I guess uh, I'm, I'm just... Uh, uh, I, are you saying that I'm less worthwhile than yes, you Yes, yes. I was kind of hinting at that. I'm kind of uh, kind it, of judging it, you. Huh, well... I'm um, looking down on you. I'm, I'm kind of judging myself too, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think you just made the wrong turn there. Let's do a role <laughs> reversal. <laughs> Let's do a role reversal, okay? You be the, the uh, classmate from, from hell. And I'll be uh, David, and, and yeah. So it, it sounds to me like uh, you know you haven't been doing so well. I guess uh, you must not be quite as good as I am. Well, you know, I've had a I've had a pretty average life. I have none of your accomplishments, but uh, I just have a lot of joy and a lot of friends. And you know, I love I, I love my work and I love what I'm doing. But I'm so proud of you for coming back to the reunion with all of your massive accomplishments. And I got your picture, saw it on Time Magazine, and I was just, just so proud and excited to, to see you. But there's one thing I well, want to ask you, Fabrice. Well, I, actually, I, I, you know, I, I do recall our conversations way back when we were in school together. And uh, I think Do you? You, know, I, I, you rarely talk to me. You were one of the uh, popular people. I was not. I'm, glad, I'm surprised you even remember me. Well, you know, we, we had a few conversations, but uh, one thing I, I recall quite clearly is that uh, we, we did share something in common, which is that uh, really, it really depends on how much you accomplish. And you, you, know, you know, I never, never believed that, uh, uh, Fabrice, but I had you know? a question for you. Uh, and uh, something I heard through the grapevine, 
and uh, I didn't believe it, but I just wanted to, to check it out with you, okay? All right. I heard through the grapevine that you were thinking that be, because you've accomplished so much, that you have some idea that people who accomplish a lot are more worthwhile than others, and, and so that maybe you were kind of thinking you were more worthwhile than other people? You've been looking well, down on people or something like that? You know, that didn't sound you, right. You may not have believed that at the time, but uh, I still believe it, and I think that's true. Oh, I see. So you're kind of looking down on me right now? Well, I mean, I have a lot of compassion for you, but you're, you're just not as worthwhile as I am. Oh, I see. You must be looking down on just about everyone now that because you're the most accomplished person in the United States. There's really no one at your level except maybe you and the Donald. Well, um, yeah, you could say that. I mean, <laughs> well, have, listen, but it's not uh, their fault, you know. Yeah, listen, listen, uh, big guy. Have, have fun here at the reunion. I, I've got some friends in low places I've got to go and hang out with. Okay, all right. Have, have a good one. Okay, so okay. now it's a silly thing, but what is the point? The point is to kind of uh, expose the ridiculousness of yeah. uh, of that way of thinking. Yeah, yeah, like who looks like the jerk here? Yeah, well, it's it's the you know high achiever, of course. Yeah, and uh, this is just to make people people aware of of this in a kind of dramatic, humorous way. Because the, the patient who's been feeling inferior is usually looking up at everyone, so oh, he's accomplished so much, and she's accomplished so much, and I, I'm nothing. And, and so they're, they're automatically thinking, well, you know, the more you accomplish, the more worthwhile you are. Well, let's put you, the patient, in the role of someone who's accomplished a tremendous amount, and then hold your feet to the fire and say, are you really believing that, that, that you're better better than other people? And, yeah. it, and it helps expose the uh, the ridiculousness of that belief. And if we do more of this in a future broadcast, we can talk about how you can use this technique to, to crush almost any self-defeating belief, like you might say, oh, I'm a worthwhile human. And we could have a, a show just on self-esteem. What does it mean to be a worthwhile human being? You have to be loved. You have to have approval. Do you have to believe in God? And is there even such a thing as, as self self esteem? And so, uh, right. But you know, th there's a shadow side to this, which is uh, the the patient who's doing this work is uh, is going to kind of see that if they became like the most achieving person in the United States, if they kept that belief, it would turn them into a jerk. So they would. They had, there's this built-in arrogance in the belief. Yeah, that's a that's a really good a really good point too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. The idea, yeah, it's all based on the idea that some people are better than others, and and I'm going to become better than others, or I want to become be better than others, and it just exposes the cruelty and loneliness, really, and uh, of of that of that approach. Well, we've just. Yeah, scratch the surface here a little bit. Um, well, that's a, a little set of tools that uh, people can use to approach self-defeating beliefs. D did we answer all of Rajesh's questions? Well, when we didn't, um, it, uh, well, how, how long does it take? It, you know, you just saw about how long it takes, and, yeah. and then there can be some other things you do between yeah. sessions to, to cement it, and it's, yeah. it's a discovery you have to kind of make over and over again. It's not like one and done because we drift in and out of an enlightenment, but you become stronger and stronger with a healthier belief system. But does the mere knowledge of a self-defeating belief change it? That's the one we didn't answer. And I've only seen that once in my career. Uh, you, the, the, I had a, treated a psychologist, a gay psychologist, who was pleasing her partner, thought she had to always be, be submissive in relationships in order to, to be loved, that she had, had to earn love by giving, giving, giving. And so she always got burned out in relationships. And we did a, a downward arrow technique and, and, and brought to her conscious awareness that she was basing her self-esteem on being loved, and that she thought to be loved, she had to give, 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 and it, it had never occurred to her. And she said just that insight was changed her life, cha changed her, her relationships. It, once I made her aware of it, she ran with it 
And, you know, a year later I saw her and she said it was just, just life-changing, but that's the only one where yeah. insight changed it. Usually you have to use yeah. these tools to, to, to cause the change to happen. Well, you know, I, I can see how that could happen because um, what you're talking about, uh, another word maybe for self-defeating beliefs might be blueprints. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we run on those blueprints and sometimes they're hidden. We don't know they're there. Yeah. Or, you know, hidden scripts. And so when you expose them to the sunlight, sometimes that's enough to go, oh, I don't know why I believe this. So I hope that we, we have given enough of, of an overview of what these are and how to deal with them. David, we will publish the list on the show notes, right? So people can take yes, a look Yes, I'll at do that. that. The list of 23 common self-defeating beliefs. Well, thanks a lot, Fabrice. And uh, it's always a joy, joy working with you. And I, I hope these two shows on self-defeating belief have been interesting to our listeners. And we appreciate your tuning into our podcast. Stay tuned. And uh, we're coming up with some other methods. Okay. Thank you, David. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This has been another episode of the Feeling Good Podcast. For more information, visit Dr. Burns' website at feelinggood.com where you will find the show notes for this podcast under the blog page and where you can leave your comments and questions. The website has an abundance of resources for therapists as well as non-therapists, including books, workshops, a list of online training groups around the world, and much more. Theme music is Gypsy Jazz in Paris, 1935, composed and performed by Brett Van Donzel. I am your host, Fabrice Nye, and I invite you to join us next time for another episode of the Feeling Good Podcast.